Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Today is another one of those special programs. That's right. On Tell Me Your Story today, as we've done before, we are featuring a, a special book. It's a book of stories that is published by the Sacred Space Publishing Company. Sacred Stories Publishing Company. Let me get that correct. SacredStoriesPublishing.com is the website. And you can uh, pick up a copy of, of your own of the latest compilation of stories that are here to transform your life and your world. Uh, it is called Mayhem to Miracles. They seem to be on a theme. The first time we did this, it was chaos to clarity. But now it's Mayhem to Miracles, as you see from our guest, who is Laura Staley. Laura, thank you so much for joining us on the program. It's really a pleasure. You are, of course, one of the many contributors to this wonderful compendium, if you will, of stories of inspiration and encouragement and transformation. Thanks for being with us. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you. It's an honor to talk with you today, Richard. Now, first of all, tell me, uh, first, I love your background. Now, normally I have a beautiful green Irish-looking background. Uh, whether it's virtual or otherwise, tell me about this uh, beautiful scene we're looking at. Uh, it's it's real. It's uh, the mountains of Western North Carolina. I uh, reside in Black Mountain, North Carolina, and I live on the, uh, the side of a mountain, and it's just pretty much in a treehouse. So the space I'm in has three walls of windows. And in fact, opposite me six times just this summer, and we've had other sightings, uh, I've seen a black bear. Oh. <laughs> I, I've, I've dubbed it Black Bear Boo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, it's a growing cub that is no longer with its mother because it's old enough. Uh, and it's literally shown up right outside the windows. And if it would happen during our interview, I would likely freak out a little bit <laughs> with excitement. Well, do me a favor. <laughs> turn to the, show you. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, and then turn the camera and let us take a look at it, the bear too. Boo bear. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I can tell you that I have actually been in the presence of a large brown bear here wow. uh, on the mountains here in Santa Barbara County, Santa Barbara County, uh, where I was um, uh, taking care of some business and I was walking past this this uh, uh, row of hedges along with some plum trees, uh, a loquat tree and so forth. And I heard this rustling. What is that? I just stopped. I just stopped. I'm, I'm listening. All of a sudden, this bear pops up over the hedges, looks at me, and then goes back to eating his uh, berries or his plums rather. And I take care of my business and I walk back down the hill and my wife, uh, who sees me coming back, she says, what's going on? I said, oh, I just saw a black bear, a brown bear. I just saw a brown bear. No, like, no big deal. You know, I just saw a tree, you know, and she's, I want to see the bear. I want to see the bear. I want to see the bear. So I said, hold on a second. So I finished what I was doing down by the house there and we both walked back up the hill and the bear was still there and we heard the rustling and we stopped. And this time he looks up at the two of us. It turns around and then he walks out to the main road and up the main road. Basically, I think it was, look, I am trying to enjoy my dinner in peace here. You have disturbed me. I am out of here. Uh, that, uh, that was my experience with a brown bear. Um, my wife loves bears, has been studying them for years. And um, you eat, I believe I told her, she says, she says, what would you do if you came across a big bear, you know, grizzly or something like that? I says, well, most likely I would curl up in the fetal position and die. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> uh, but actually, you're supposed to get as big as you can and make as much noise as you can, and usually that will scare them off. But the one uh, misnomer is that when they gu- jump up on their hind legs, they're about to attack. Not true. Why in the world would any animal bear its soft underbelly if it was about to attack? Mm. It's looking around. You know, that's all it's doing. It's checking out the terrain. It's seeing it's sizing you up or, you know, whatever the situation is. So if a bear gets up on its hind legs, relax, you know, it's going to be okay. Try not to show any fear if you can help it, <laughs> Laura. <laughs> uh, and, and just say, hey, you know, you have as much of a right to be here as a me. I'm just going to back up and get out of your space. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but we are in a space I'm here. I'm in awe of them. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm I, oh my God, I'm in awe of even the small critters. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that you uh, run across all kinds of critters up where you live oh. in the mountains, as we do. Uh, we used to have a flock of turkeys. We have a, 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 a uh, oh my gosh, I don't know what you call it when it's a multiple of deer, male and female. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, we have a family of deer, as I like to call them. All kinds of different birds, uh, um, uh, crows and blue jays. We have, actually have chickens and cats, indoor cats, as well as an indoor dog. Um, we've heard foxes crying out in the middle of the night. All kinds of animals. I'm sure you have the same kind of thing. Oh, very much so. Yeah, I, I've become a nature photographer. I didn't, I didn't quite make that connection. And then I was looking at my phone recently to delete some things out of it. And I was like, oh my goodness, I have become a nature photographer accidentally on purpose. Yeah, so many beautiful uh, butterflies, turtles, deer, of course, the black bear. Uh, oh my gosh, it's, it's a joy. The great blue heron, the ducks at the lake. So there's a lake that I uh, run around in, in the morning uh, and, you know, do my laps and see all kinds of the water, 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 waterfowl and <laughs> birds, lots of birds. Yeah, it's fabulous. I, I absolutely love it. Nature is uh, my soul's home in many ways. Of course, being with you is a great place to be, too. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much. <laughs> Being with human beings is wonderful also. <laughs> I would agree uh, because... Most human beings. <laughs> well, yes, that is true. Most human beings. And we do have, I know this sounds kind of strange, but we do have the the free will to decide who we're going to surround ourselves with, which to me is rather important uh, in our conversation as well. Because you, uh, and we're going to get into your story here in a moment that's in uh, Miracle, May- Mayhem to Miracles, but you are a feng shui consultant. And so, um, you know, you basically arrange uh, spaces uh, to empower people uh, for their purpose and passion, which I find fascinating as well as helping people thrive. A key word that we use here, we are tired of survival. We want thrival in spaces that, that, people, that we live in, that we work in, that we learn in, that where we eat, where we play. Uh, and um, I have to wonder, have you ever gone out into nature to observe where things are placed, if you will? I know that sounds a little strange, but if feng shui is sort of a, a natural kind of thing, oh, then wouldn't you say that nature 
is doing just that, its own, if you will, version of feng shui. Oh, 100%. In fact, this, this ancient wisdom was birthed out of an understanding of our connectedness, our interconnectivity with nature. So the uh, ancient masters, maybe, maybe there were some women involved too, maybe not, I don't know. But um, they went out into nature and they, and they looked for where human beings were thriving. And they noticed that the people that were living at the top of the mountain, not so good, right? Because the winds would come and kind of destroy their place of living. People living at the bottom of the mountain, that's where uh, flooding happened. Mm. So not so good, but right in the middle of the mountain was a, a perfect spot. So that, that idea of having um, a wall or trees behind your back, uh, it, you know, we have that expression, how, you know, I've got your back. Yeah. You know, got your back, Richard. So, you know, recreating that uh, with our homes and with our bodies and with the furniture and the, uh, the comfort and safety of the furniture that we sit on is really important. And, and yes, nature is a, a huge source of inspiration. And I often invite people, if they have a great passion for nature, to bring those images into their spaces either through photography or actual objects from nature, um, obviously, you know, honor, honor those ecosystems because <laughs> we've got to find that balance, right? Because it's also about harmony and balance. But yeah, a, a, a lake, a stream, um, waterfalls, our, stair, our stairwells are kind of like the waterfalls in mm. our home. And so balancing that with energy that, that goes, you know, that energy is coming down. So kind of counterbalancing with energy that lifts up and having images that lift up to balance that energy. Yeah. We, I mean, we, I could, I could do a deep dive conversation about, about the interconnectivity and the source of, uh, you know, nature being a source of inspiration for how we arrange our homes and thrive as human beings in our physical spaces as well as in our human human bodies and our physical health yeah nature is a beautiful example of how we can be in balance and in harmony now uh where you live is as you've already mentioned is, is up in the mountains and you said uh north carolina or south North Carolina, North Carolina. Yep. Western, Western North Carolina. Black and you Mountain. have on your website, cherishyourworld.com, on your page where it talks about you, you have these three pictures. Are these pictures of a stream that is running uh, nearby where you live? Uh, I, yes. All the pictures that I have on my website now are, are those nature pictures that I personally have taken. Gorgeous. So, Gorgeous. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you. especially the one on the homepage of the mountain range, the green, absolutely uh, gorgeous green. Uh, those are the Blue Ridge Mountains. Oh. Yes. I know. I, I just, don't know why. I, they, why do they call them Blue Ridge if they're green? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a story for another time. <laughs> right. Are you living your deepest value and aspirations? Well, we're going to find out. And are you ready to shed limiting beliefs? Well, we're going to find out about that as well as we continue talking with Laura Staley. Uh, she's all she is asking the meaningful questions, and we hope that you are listening to the answers as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we continue talking about Mayhem to Miracles, published by Sacred Stories Publishers. 
Publishing, sacredstoriespublishing.com. And we're also encouraging you to go to cherishyourworld.com, which is Laura Staley's website, as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world, as is our slogan. We're looking for those new ways of living. The old ways don't work. All you have to do is look around you. Uh, it's pretty obvious, and it's time for us and Laura Staley to uh, to talk about, as we've been talking already, about nature. Uh, I've often said this on the program over and over and over again. Nature is our best teacher. Please mm. respond. Mm. Oh, oh, my gosh, right? Wow, where do I start with that one? Um, just the rhythms. Uh, okay, I'll start with autumn. So autumn has officially arrived in, in my neck of the woods. The leaves naturally drop. The trees let go of the leaves. And what a beautiful metaphor for human beings to watch that natural process and it's in their time and in their way. <laughs> I've noticed that there's some trees that hold on to those leaves for a bit longer. You know, the maples tend to drop pretty quickly. The oak trees seem to hold on, <laughs> right? And it might be, you know, a couple months later and as a little girl, I remember raking leaves and raking some more leaves and raking some more leaves, <laughs> right? As all the different trees would uh, drop their leaves in their own time. And it's such a beautiful metaphor for shedding who we thought we were, the beliefs that just aren't serving us anymore. Where did they come from to begin with? It's just a thought in our mind that we can set down. And what would it be like to actually have a quieter mind, mm -hmm. which again, the naked tree, if you will, without any leaves to me is symbolic of a quiet mind without the leaves rustling and without that chatter going on in the mind of what you have to do or what you didn't do yesterday or the rotten person you are or whatever might be, mm. <laughs> be going on in between our ears, right? As well as any emotions that we haven't flow, flowed through our hearts uh, that we've suppressed. And we now know that the suppression of healthy anger in particular can, can ultimately be fatal to the physical body, right? And so learning healthy ways, just like the tree drops those leaves in a very natural way, how to flow through um, emotions that may have gotten stuck in, in our hearts. The seasons cycle, our lives cycle. I, I, I recently, um, had another experience of a person that I love who died. And it was so interesting to me to watch myself, um, my body and my psyche and my heart bring up all the other past experiences, not all of them, thank goodness, but some of them, mm -hmm. right, of death. And how, and anything that was unresolved in those other people who had died in, in, a, in another, <laughs> in the past two years or even 10 years ago, right? It just floated up to the surface and had a chance to be released. And I noticed myself sobbing and sobbing and sobbing, not just from the recent passing of a friend, 
but with this realization that I was also grieving the losses of pets and people that I still deeply love. And I call it being in the grief love place. So again, that great metaphor, right, of the tree, mm-hmm. uh, of the cycles, right? We just cycle through things. And what I noticed, Richard, thank goodness in the safety and the stability of my life now, even as I lost another friend who we were great friends when we were mothers of, two, of, of our young children. It was a friendship that was a season right? You know, people come into our lives for a reason, season or a lifetime. She was just one of those friends for that season of our lives when we both had young children and then we lost touch with one another. And that didn't still mean I didn't grieve the loss of that friend friend who, who died. But I was touching it lighter, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. because I've been around the mountain. <laughs> Well, see, there's another another metaphor of what you know, kind of like walking around the mountain, mm-hmm. and then you get to the peak, and then you go back down, and you're cycling around. So even that's a, a, a beautiful metaphor. So our lives are in cycles. Our lives are not a straight line. It's nonlinear. Our learning is nonlinear, and I love that the natural world is a great teacher of nonlinear learning. If you haven't understood how a butterfly emerges from the chrysalis, just, you know, next, <laughs> next spring, hopefully you can have a chance to stand there and witness that and then and witness it again and witness it again in all those stages, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's who we are. We're, we're, we're on, or at least I can speak for myself. <laughs> That's what I've noticed about my own life is it's been a series of transformations of thinking a fresh thought. Wow, I am love. Oh, I am passionate joy. Wow, there's a new thought, <laughs> right? Instead of I'm an unworthy blah, 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 <laughs> right? Um, so just as an example of a fresh thought or just the fact that I have a quieter mind and a, and a, a, a fuller heart, a, an open heart that loves so deeply and, and flows that compassion to myself and to other people in a freer fashion. So I've broken open, broken open, broken open that heart so many times, Richard, that the love is now free to flow. <laughs> it's mm. just, I become a channel for love and joy. <laughs> and, and, and again, Nature is just a beautiful demonstration of that. Spring comes, right? Mm-hmm. Spring returns after after the dark of winter. And sometimes we have to go inside ourselves, kind of like the winter, and, and reflect on what's going on in, inside of ourselves. What thoughts am I thinking? Uh, what am I feeling? What body sensations am I experiencing right now? Uh, what, what, what does love do now? Right. And we can get so busy doing, doing, doing that we forget how to be. Ram Das said it so beautifully, you know, be here now. Like I have this extraordinary opportunity to be in this conversation with you here right now. And that's all there is. This may be all I have. Because what if I kick after this interview? Oh, gosh willing, I don't. <laughs> but but it's that awareness right. that death is ever looming. I just lost a friend who's exactly my age. She has her 
now adult children still, you know, survived by her adult children. And so I know death is real. And, but, I, but it teaches me to savor, to savor life uh, and, and trust that, that I still have lots of vibrant life. But I don't, if I don't, <laughs> if, if I happen to leave in the middle of the movie, can I be at peace because I've learned to love deeply and passionately with each breath that I take? Um, and, that, and that's the greatest gift of all is to get to a place in that, what I call the bonus round, Richard, mm-hmm. of knowing that I'm just here to love and be loved. It's, it, it, I know it sounds so simple, and yet that's where I am. <laughs> I, I, I came here to love people, to have compassion for them, to share that love, share the, the ideas, the things that I've learned, and to be loved in return and receive it. Because breathing is inhaling and exhaling. <laughs> it's, it's graciously receiving with those soft hands and then generously giving. And again, that's in nature too, right? Nature is constantly cycling. It's, it's, it's giving, it's the, the, the trees are giving their shade right now. And then that they're receiving, they're receiving, we're receiving the sunlight and taking it in. And, and then in the springtime through that photosynthesis, they're sending food, you know, into the tree. I mean, oh my God, getting going on nature. And I'll, I'll have you t- we'll be talking science. Well, uh, you know. And biology. Well, Yeah. And one of the things that I, I do my utmost to do is stay away from the science when I talk to people about uh, the issues that are facing us on this planet. And, and the reason I do that is because I say, you know what, I don't care about the science, mm. you know, and, and, and forgive me for my frankness. Screw the science. Mm. Shouldn't we just clean up our home? Period. Yes. Shouldn't yeah. we just clean up our home? Why is that such a foreign concept to people? Um, my wife was watching a documentary. Well, it was, actually, it was a movie uh, 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 talking about uh, uh, the radium company that used to employ all these women to paint the radium uh, paint on the dials of watches. Okay? And they would not admit never did, as far as I know, admit that the radium was toxic and was killing these women. They paid them off. Uh, They uh, shut down the plant. I mean, I think they even went out of business, but they never admitted their wrongdoing. And, and, And I just sit here going... You know, when when we talk about the environment and regulations, which I know was a big issue over uh, five or six years ago, and I'm sitting here going, do you have any idea why regulations even started? It's because businesses, corporations refused to do the right thing. I mean, that's where child labor laws came from. Now, you and I might agree, and I don't want to go too far down this particular road, but... Uh, you and I might agree. We th- I think that regulations, yeah, they've gone a little on the overboard side. Okay? I would even agree to that. By the same token, they're there because people refuse to do the right thing. And, and they still don't. I mean, we still have corporations that put people's lives at risk, whether it's in this country or in foreign countries. We hear about the, some of these stories 
uh, of some of these plants and they have these toxic chemicals they use and then they have this explosion and not only the people that work there but the surrounding communities and them blah 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 so you know that's that's uh, that's a story for another day i want to talk about your story as we continue talking with you here laura staley author of L live is that right? It's it's actually the title of the uh, of of your book in particular is Live Inspired, and we encourage people to pick up a copy by going to Cherish Your World. This is what I'm talking about too. Cherish Your World, people, please. As we continue talking here on Tell Me Your Story, I'm Richard Dugan, your host. I'm here with Laura Staley. And she is a contributor to the book uh, that is out from uh, the Sacred Stories Publishing Company, sacredstoriespublishing.com. And Laura's website is cherishyourworld.com. And we're talking about her story, which has to do with you and your son. Now, my mother would say to me, whenever I would visit her and we were saying our goodbyes, we would hold each other close in an embrace and she would say something that I remember the first time she said it sounded a little strange to me. And she said, she knows my name. I know she had six kids, but she knows my name. I love you, son. And it took me a while to really take that in, or as they say in The Stranger in a Strange Land, to grok it. And I love hearing that now. I love you, son. And I wonder about your relationship. Obviously, it was impactful with your son because you wrote this beautiful story about it. Tell us a little bit about your connection with your son and, and your story. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> um, and thank you for sharing that. Uh, oh, gosh, I love you, son. <laughs> I could just start the story that way. <laughs> Uh, I have a deep and profound connection to my son to this day. Um, I knew he, both my children, so I have a daughter and a son, although today it's, it's focused on this story. But I, I felt that both my children would come in as my greatest spiritual teachers. Well, <laughs> both of them have delivered in very different ways. <laughs> and my son in, in particular uh, came in as such a incredible wise soul, uh, very sensitive, tuned in with the emotional intelligence of that many adults are, are struggling to attain. And, and he had it at four years old, <laughs> honestly, was able to describe uh, certain individuals in my life in four sentences. And it had taken me 50 years to kind of like <laughs> figure out who that individual was. But um, being sensitive and compassionate and a young, young man, I think, came with its challenges, right? Because then he's in school, he's being bullied in third grade, which I discern and pull him out of the school and homeschooled him for a brief period of time. Uh, he also noticed how adults would be very kind to other adults, but could be very mean to children. And he would tell me and I pretty much go, yep, <laughs> here he goes again, spot on, right? Mm. Because I had, had my own experiences, right, of noticing these kind of dynamics. Um, and it included, unfortunately, um, noticing the struggles that were happening 
between his dad and I, even when he was nine years old. Well, fast forward to the day that I, um, and, and he asked me a question, uh, you know, at that time, you know, are you and dad kind of gonna, gonna make it? Or are you, the two of you gonna get divorced? You argue a lot. <laughs> and I said, you know, we're smart people, we'll figure it out. And of course, fast forward to the day that I take my daughter to college for her freshman year of college. And um, my son did come with us, but his dad did not. Um, the straw that broke, what is it? The proverbial straw that broke the camel's back mm -hmm. of the marriage happened, happened to happen that day. So I had a very different taking the first child off to college, very different story than most people have. It was an unbelievably challenging day his uh, dad left the house and here from my son's perspective, he's now lost daily contact with his dad and daily contact with his sister. Now he, now all of us were anticipating the loss of the daily contact with his sister and my daughter, right? Cause she's going off to college. Um, what we hadn't quite anticipated was that this, this uh, rupture, this other rupture of the, of the marriage would take place. Yeah. Um, and that, that was tough. And he immediately or pretty quickly, you know, was like, okay, mom, you need to know, cause he's a teenager. Uh, he said, I, I want to split time with you and my dad. Unfortunately, his, his dad's living situation wasn't such that we could do that. So he was full time with me. And I noticed pretty quickly, Richard, uh, a very, uh, downward spiral for, for my son. And I, I begin the story in Mayhem to Miracles with the very mayhem, mayhem-like experience of, of my son up on the roof. I'm dialing 911 um, it, because he, he wanted to end his life. Uh, I, I'm here to tell you he did not. Um, there was a second time that that also happened. Um, and the two things that brought brought me through because I'm, I'm the person that you're talking to and he has his story to share. So I don't, you know, want, don't want to take away from his ability to tell, you know, kind of his side of the story, but I declared two things. And the one I don't actually call out in the story specifically, but I do want to share it with you is that in my heart and in my speaking to friends who loved me through this, and there were several of them that I couldn't have done this without them. And that's kind of left out of the story because you can't include all the layers, right? <laughs> right? But um, is that I declared my son's thriving life. We said it earlier on the show, but in my heart of hearts, I wanted my son to thrive. And part of it was taking the right love inspired actions on his behalf knowing that it was not my fault that his internal world had gotten so dark and that his choices and behaviors had gotten so dark. Um, those were on him. And the best I could do was also declare uh, Laura Staley single, happy, free. So in a, in a different, so in a different way, I declared his thriving life and I declared my own using different words, <laughs> of course. Right. Cause I'm now dealing with a very troubled, um, suicidally depressed um, son who, you know, as time went on, I also learned it included uh, al al alcohol 
um, and addiction <laughs> that was layered in there. Um, and I, and I, so I declared those two things and needed to um, take those, take those right actions. Uh, so it was about loving him unconditionally, having those boundaries, um, being willing to st stand in the eye of the hurricane, but really trust in this young man's heart and soul, because I unconditionally still love my son to this very moment. Like, I love you, son. <laughs> if he were to listen to this, which he may or may not, I don't know, but I love you, son. And that, and, 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 and wanting his life to thrive was very important and, and believing that it was possible, believing that was possible and then taking the right actions on his behalf. And it was tough because, right, uh, 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 there was a contested, you know, a contested divorce and, you know, there were challenges, right, it, it going through this, a lot, of, a lot of them. But I never gave up on my son's ability to choose his own life. And he did it. He did it. Uh, got him to a, a wilderness program and then to another state where he did phenomenal healing work, including he, and again, some adults, and I've struggled with this one, right? Where we have this thought, I'm um, an F up or mm -hmm. I'm a screw up. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll use that language, he used the other. Uh, and then we have that awakening moment, speaking of limiting beliefs, right? Of realizing, oh no, I've just done effed up or screwed up things. I've behaved in ways that weren't aligned with my deepest values. Oh, I can change my behavior and make different choices on the behalf of the quality of my life. And that's agency, you know, having that free will to make new choices. And he had to, he had to see that in himself. And he did, he had that moment where he realized I've just done in the past, you know, effed up things. And of course I had my own awakening years ago too, mm -hmm. of gosh, I've made not great choices, <laughs> right? And then you have the consequences and you're like, whoa, okay, make a different choice. Next time, say something different, maybe stay silent, <laughs> right? Uh, so it, it was just, it, it was an amazing, um, I mean, as I look back, the miracle of, of the moment that my son really genuinely chose his life in, in sobriety, as it turns out, right, was just an amazing moment because I had made that choice in my mind and in my preferences, I had to hold soft hands because in a way it was in God's hands and it was in my son's hands. He had to do that in deep internal work inside himself, just like I was doing for me to be Laura Staley, single, happy, free, <laughs> right? Free from the marriage, free mm -hmm. from my limiting beliefs about who I had been and how I had behaved and blah, 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 blah. Right. And, and he was doing the same. So in a way we were living these phenomenal parallel realities and yet being the mother I was able to make choices, you know, together with his dad, um, once he realized just the imploded state of our son, you know, make those good choices on behalf of our son because he was young enough. We were so lucky. 
And I remember when we learned the statistic that only uh, like there's 95% at his, at the age he was for recidivism and only this 5% who stay clear and sober for an entire year. My son hit that 5%. And I'm just, you know, and whether that was my belief in him and sending him those letters saying, these are all the memories I have of the little kid you were and how you stood up for yourself and how you kind of called out the art teacher and said, you scare kids, you scream at them and throw away their artwork. And of course the art teacher gets defensive and is just like, well, I don't have a problem with your compliance son. I've been teaching this way for 30 years. And yet here's my son brave enough to tell the art teacher as a kindergartner, Richard, that I'm scared to be in your classroom. And the art teacher couldn't hear him. He just was like, this is how I've been doing it. I don't know why you're in here. I have no problem with your compliant son because of course my son was compliant, but he was also terrified to walk in that classroom every single day. Mm. Wow. 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 And the art teacher just, you know, the disconnect, yeah. right? He didn't, he was, he, his inability to take responsibility for the culture, the environment he was creating by throwing away the artwork of the children who weren't cleaning up when it was time to clean up because that was, his, that's what he had done for 30 years or I presume, right? And it's, I mean, boy, talk about unwilling to wake up to a new way of, of running your classroom. And here was my kindergartner son willing to sit with his mom and dad and this art teacher and bravely put voice to his fears, even when it was met with defensiveness and, you know, kind of get out of my office. I don't even know why y'all are here. <laughs> right. And it just, so I, I knew that that good heart and that good soul was in my son, even as he struggled through suicidal depression and addiction and, uh, and alcoholism. And then just like, and has chosen sobriety, has chosen his life. And, um, and importantly, uh, I saw that it wasn't my fault. A lot of parents think it's their fault. They've done something. And yes, did the arguing with his dad contribute to the stress of my son's life and my daughter? A hundred percent. And that's a part of why I, I knew I needed to end the marriage. I mean, there were a lot of reasons and that's not part of this story. That's a story for another time. Maybe not. Sure. Um, um, because they get to love their dad and have a beautiful relationship with their dad. So, um, wow. Where was I going with that? Uh, that, you know, um, it wasn't my fault. That's, that, that's, that was a deep shift in my own thinking, right? Was, wow, no, I'm taking responsibility for my internal world and the choices I'm making for my life, my independent life, independent of this marriage and my singlehood and on behalf of my son, trusting that he would be able to do that internal work just because of the wise, beautiful soul that, that he is. And I had to turn it over, <laughs> you know, ultimately it, it was in, it was in God's hands or the universe hands or divine beloved or in love's hands, 
whatever language you want to put. And it was in his hands, ultimately, to choose to live and be sober. And I, I'm happy to say uh, he, he's in, in love and his life is flourishing in so many ways. And he's still this incredibly wise, good-hearted um, young man who has a, a community around him, uh, supporting him, he's supporting them. Um, and, and I, you know, am clearly living and in, in, in flourishing in, in my life. And I too have um, fallen in love once again. And, and, you know, not like this is a pretty bow, right? I mean, there's like miracles come with smear and like things that you still have to dust off. I mean, just the other morning, for instance, and that, you know, when we were talking about grief earlier, I grieved the fact that I missed all those experiences that lots of moms have. And it seemed so selfish to have this grief, you know, five, seven years ago when this was all going down, right? Um, because it was his life, his life was in the balance, right? But I, I finally grieved that, oh my gosh, I didn't get to go with my son to, to get a tuxedo, to go to the prom and get the corsage for the girl that he took to the prom or blah, 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 you know, like all those ideas that we, we can get attached to in our minds of how we think uh, a child's um, end of their junior year and senior year is going to go. And I had to, I had to set it all down, but I actually grieved it much like, uh, I don't know if you've seen them, um, Little Little Women, but there's a character, Joe, who has this long hair and she cuts her hair and sells the hair, right? And she's, you know, she's it's this selfless act, clearly, right? To, to get to, to help get her father uh, pay for him to, to come home to the family after serving in the war. And uh, she's crying later on that night. And, and, and my grief was kind of like that because the sister comes over and she's like, are you crying you know, for father? And she's like, no, it's my hair, <laughs> right? And I felt like I was grieving in the same way, like, oh, you know, poor, you know, not poor me, but kind of just grieving the fact that, oh, I didn't, I didn't get to have, watch his cross country races his senior year and blah, 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 you know, all those little senior year experiences mm -hmm. or to set, to help him in any way that I could with um, if he wanted to go to college or maybe he didn't want to go to college, but whatever he wanted to create after high school. Uh, I, I wasn't part of that process, Richard. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't. He, he, he had community and he had other adults and other peers with him to support him landing that first job with a 401k. I did get to be at his graduation though. And I have to say that um, his sister and I uh, cheered very loudly when they announced his name. So um, I'm just super proud of his choices. And I'm, I'm grateful that I was strong enough and grounded enough to make really good choices on behalf of my son. And I don't regret one moment. And it was hard. It was really, really hard. It was really hard. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Laura Staley is my guest here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're talking about her story 
as well as the story of her son. This is part of the, the mix here, and, and uh, we're going to continue doing that right here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we talk to uh, Laura Staley. Um, one of the things that is so uh, beautiful about these stories in this book, uh, Mayhem to Miracles, is that there is obviously uh, that, uh, that perspective that it's, it's, uh, it's chaos to clarity, mayhem to miracles, uh, crappy to happy. Those are the three books that uh, Sacred Stories Publishing has put out over the last few years that we have been a part of here on Tell Me Your Story. And we feature uh, the uh, story writers, uh, those who lived the stories, not just wrote the stories, but lived them. You, uh, as a mother, um, you have a special bond Unlike, and, and it is, unlike that of that with your, your uh, uh, former spouse. And that is something that cannot be broken, even, even if the, the, uh, uh, the child leaves this world. That, that connection is still there. And you are very fortunate in that respect that you have not, uh, he has not left this world. He's still here and thriving, as you say, you know, using that word. Um, What do you say to other parents and and even other mothers uh, who are struggling because in in recording an audio book years ago for a woman, uh, it was dealing with this whole subject of addiction. And what do you do? And when does tough love kick in? You know, it's like, okay, I love you and I've had enough. And you're on your own. If you're not willing to get help, I can't, I, I can't sacrifice myself. But you're a mother. I mean, I, I look at, we were talking earlier about bears. Mama bear is going to protect her bear cubs to her death. Okay. So, um, how, how do you balance that? I mean, what, what, where, where does that come in? Uh, because I know from all my own personal experience, there comes a point where I've had to say, you know, I can't do this. I have no children. Okay. So, so this has nothing to do with children. I've had to say, I can't do this anymore. I can't live like this anymore. I don't, I don't like where I am, and I like myself, and I like my life, and I want to thrive, but I can't do it with you this way. Right, right. Not, not with what's happening. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So just know that there were clear moments where in, in my household, because then he did start to split time between he and his dad, um, where I had consequences. I took his cell phone. If he went out of communication, uh, and I, I was fierce about there's no drugs or alcohol in, in this house. And, um, and ultimately, I, I had that moment of, of saying, here, here are the consequences. And he didn't want to, I said, I, I'm going to call because he was truant. And I, I said, I'm going to call the school. 
and then the police because you're not in school right now and it's you're actually breaking the law and and so i said you can either go back to school or i'll i'll call the school and i'll call the police and i was willing to take those actions and it was in that space that he decided i'm out of here can't deal with these consequences and it and it was tough i mean it was a an example a demonstration of my clear um some would call it a boundary or a tough love an example of tough love but i but i knew that that was essential for for me now did i worry and be concerned about my son from from the moment he stormed out of my house with a few of his belongings saying i'll never come back here again yes i was i was concerned about his life from that moment forward cuz like you said i'm a mama bear i'm a mom but i also had to soften those hands and turn it over and 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 allow it to play out exactly how it was to play out and then when i could make another choice because then he's taken there's the epic party at his dad's house and he's taken to the hospital his dad's out of town i'm once again able to step in because he was a teen he wasn't of age uh he wasn't an adult i i could take action and say yes take him to the hospital again and then make a plan and meet with the people that could support me finding those resources uh to support his uh getting him in a context that could support him so it's kind of knowing when to let go and when to hold on and that doesn't mean it isn't hard as heck but i couldn't live with the behaviors and the breaking of my rules in my house for one more day and and the truth is i don't ever want to experience those behaviors around me ever again. And of course he's come to me and made beautiful amends uh and there's been a, a great deal of healing in the relationship but for parents who are struggling absolutely do what what I would offer is do your own work meaning do that work to create a healthy life for you because then you're modeling it and then turn and then turn it over and when you can make a good choice on behalf of your child uh on their behalf to get them in a context to get them the resources you know go for it but it is a such a tough it is a tough thing and i know people who have lost their children and my heart i've only put my big toe and taken it right out of that pool because you can imagine i had thoughts that took me right down that cheese hole of what if my son doesn't make it this time So I I know some of that pain and I do not know the pain of a of a of a parent who has lost a child. I don't. Mm-hmm. I can't even get my brain or heart around it. Just kind of like a a whisper. Like I said, a toe in the pool and then I pulled it out. Right? So I can't I I did honestly. I can't I can't. And um yeah. 
and some of it is just kind of this soul journey because I, I also have noticed in talking to others about this that really smart people, not just young men, but people, really smart. Like my, my son tested gifted and talented and I don't know how many categories, right? So it wasn't about his innate intelligence and it wasn't about his good heart. You know, some of it is just about soul pain and soul path and curiosity. I mean, he, you know, I mean, some kids just want to experiment and then all of a sudden they're down this dark, dark path that they, they can't any longer control because their brain hasn't fully wired up. Right. I mean, the brain doesn't fully wire up until we're in our late twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like, wow. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's the, but, but, but in no way would I ever say this is easy. It is the hardest, it is the hardest, scariest, you know, path to, to walk with a child who uh, either is, you know, suicidal depression, um, addiction or a combination of, of those things. It's just hard. And well, to do that work though, because I think that's what saved me, Richard. It's kind of like going back to your point earlier of you said, you know, I just realized I, I need to get happy. I need to take care of me. And I know there's a moment that that seems selfish and yet it's essential. It's actually essential because I knew I needed to live. I had a lot to live for. I still had a daughter. I had beautiful friends you know, um, who I consider family, right? I, I had a career, I had Cherish Your World, I had books that I thought could come out of me, other books, right? And other writings. Uh, so I had many things and many experiences that I looked forward to. And that became really, really essential. And my son in, in, in his sobriety was watching me, Richard. He saw my life take off. I mean, okay, take off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it didn't go in a, it didn't go in a linear line. But you know, he he experienced the transformations. And then he came to visit me here in the mountains and we had this amazing conversation. And I don't know, I made some comment about people smoking and, and he said, Well, you know, mom, I have to be honest with you. I'm I'm vaping. And I just got super quiet. And I then, and all kinds of thoughts, right? <laughs> and then I, because I knew that vaping kills people, mm -hmm. right? So even though he had chosen sobriety and was thriving and flourishing, he's now revealed this. And I just got really quiet. And then I said, thank you for not doing that behavior while you've been visiting me here in the mountains. That's all I said, Richard. Hmm. And then uh, a few weeks later, and then we changed the subject and talked about other stuff. And a few weeks later, he says to me uh, on a phone call, he said, mom, I want you to know that I stopped vaping. And in part, it's because you didn't judge me. And you actually just thanked me for not doing the behavior in your house. But I thought for sure you were going to come fierce at me and you didn't. <laughs> and, and I, and here's the thing I had to trust 
that my son was smart, that he loved running, the cross-country runner, right? He loved being in nature. You know, we were talking earlier about nature, mm-hmm. right? And, and, you know, like all these things that he loved people, many people, not everybody. <laughs> Back to that, you know, not everybody clicks with you, right? Um, not everybody resonates. And that, that I had to deep, deep, deep down in my heart trust that that truth about his own choice had to come from inside of himself, not from me, not from my fierce judgment of what he should or shouldn't be doing, but from within himself. And that's what sustains it, right? Because the choice then came from within himself and not a resistance to me. See, I would even say a lot of what's happening out there now is people just butting heads, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. With don't tell me what to do. You know, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. You life, nature's a great teacher, so are life experiences. Mm -hmm. Okay. Make your choices. Let's see how it turns out. What are the consequences you get to live with? What are the unintended consequences that occur? And let's see what you learn. Life experiences are phenomenal teachers. And sometimes as a parent, and it's hard, right? Because you just want to step in and tell them the way, and here's the way, and here's my way, and blah, 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 (laughs) right? And I'm right, and you're wrong, and you're just a kid, you know? And it's like, sometimes children have to be in the struggle to figure it out themselves. And he's an adult now. So he definitely, you know, he was an adult when he told me he was vaping. And I'm like, dude, okay. You know, like inside, I was like, he's an adult, Laura. You have no say in this. None. You know, and, uh, and I'm just so, be- I'm so grateful. I'm grateful he made a choice for his health and for his life again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it came from inside of him. Yeah. It didn't come outside of me being mean and judgmental and, and fierce mama bear. It came from, huh, I think you're smart enough to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not, then you'll deal with the consequences and it's going to be hard as heck potentially. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I would grieve his loss every second of my life. Yeah. If, if I lost my son, every second of every day, I would grieve, love him. Mm. Laura Staley's my guest here on uh, Tell Me Your Story. We are talking about uh, not only her son, but the story that she wrote about uh, her son and her. Uh, it's not the title of the story. It's My Son and Me. And we hope that you'll get a copy of Mayhem to Miracles, published by Sacred Stories Publishing, sacredstoriespublishing.com. Cherishyourworld.com. That is Laura's website as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. We are bringing you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true here on Tell Me Your Story. We're here with Laura Staley, and we are talking about the work that she does. I want to ask you one other question in regards to your story, your relationship with your son. And this question sort of comes off almost like, so when did you stop beating your wife? But I'm going to ask it anyway that way. 
when did you stop blaming yourself for maybe what did I do wrong in raising my son? Because I, I have to believe that that has to have been in there, even if it was just for a short time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, it's a great question. Uh, wow. I guess let me ask that another way. Have well, no, you... I think I think I knew I was I knew I was upset in the context of the marriage. What I was in denial about, and then I stopped being in denial about, is the impact on my children, and that is still hard to this day. Have I'm you really, forgiven yourself? I'm really looking that one because because. I wasn't a perfect mother, but with my kids, I, I apologized, changed behavior, apologized, changed behavior. I was learning new ways to, to parent. I was breaking my own cycle. Mm -hmm. That was huge to me. I had a fierce commitment around that. And I know my kids uh, and I, I have the relationship we do because I was so vulnerable and perfectly imperfect with them and willing to apologize and shift my behavior, but also willing to have conversation about what's working, what's not working. Mm -hmm. And to the extent that I could create that with my kids, I was unable to do that in the marriage. And so what I, I, I was in denial about is the, the level of impact. It's kind of like going back to the moment that my son at nine years old said, well, what if you don't? What if you and dad don't make it? And it breaks my heart to this moment, right? Because more than anything, I wanted to give my kids the gift of a foundation of two healthy parents who got along, but we didn't. And that's just a fact of life. So somewhere in that process, and, and honestly, I can't pinpoint the moment where uh, I realized, okay, yes, you're arguing with now ex-spouse was really toxic for your kids and you have to live with that and forgive yourself every day mm. for that. And, have and, you... and I can't say that I, that I'm a hundred percent there. Right. Like, like, like I've a hundred percent forgiven myself. Okay. I, I get to live with, you know, loving myself and forgiving myself and forgiving myself and, and interacting with people now, because that's all I have is now <laughs> in a very different way and catching myself and being silent instead of, <laughs> so I'm much more non-judgmental. It's kind of like the vaping thing or whatever is going out on the culture. Like I'm, I'm mm -hmm. more compassionate with myself and other people. And a lot of times Richard, play, I, I just stay silent. Um, but yeah, the work to forgive myself for the impact that the unhealthy marriage had on my son and my daughter right, is an ongoing process. Because mm -hmm. I think that for me is, is where if there is blaming myself or being upset with myself, that's where it lives, is in the way I treated their dad mm -hmm. or cowered to their dad or, you know, all those right. unhealthy dynamics. Yeah. 
My Son and Me is the story. It is in Mayhem to Miracles. It is published by Sacred Stories Publishing, and we're talking with the author of that story as well as Live Inspired. We'll talk about that in a moment as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and Laura Staley is my guest, and we're talking uh, from a, a position of cherishing your world. Cherishyourworld.com is Laura Staley's uh, website. She also has a book that she has written called Live Inspired, uh, which I think, uh, Laura, goes to the heart of what we talked about at the beginning of the program, having to do with moving from a state of survival to thrival. Uh, Personally, in spite of the fact that I'm still doing it, I haven't manifested yet uh, the wherewithal to stop surviving and start thriving. Yet there is a lot of my life, like right now, where I'm thriving. I mean, I, as you probably can tell, I love doing this. I love these conversations. And I want everybody to thrive. We, we even had a guest on who uh, has a movie out called, I think it's like the Thrival or Thrive Movement, the movement of thriving or something of this nature. Uh, Foster Gamble, I believe, is his name. I need to get a hold of that man again and have him back on the program. But you've written a book called Live Inspired. And I remember when I was working at the Christian radio station back in the 80s, early 90s, someone said to me, Uh, in regards to God and the devil. If you are looking for the devil, you're going to find him under every rock, behind every tree. But if you're looking for God, you're going to find him under every rock and in every rock and around every tree and in every tree. And... I would venture the same thing is true for inspiration. If you're looking, you will find it. What you're looking for, you talk about the law of attraction, is what you find. Oh, it's absolutely so true. And uh, yeah, Live Inspired is is many stories of my awakening and my self-discoveries and my realizations of who I was and why I'm here. Uh, and the wisdoms, <laughs> right, that came that came along, and those wishes for for other people. So I end each story with wishes for the reader. You know, may 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 you thrive, <laughs> right? You know, at, at, like or or may you experience love and joy in living your life, and may you take those next actions uh, from love. But yeah, I, much like you, it makes me think of the Albert Einstein quote, who he said, you know, there's two ways to live. Mm. And one is as though nothing is a miracle. And the other is as, as if everything is a miracle. And I choose to see inspiration just about everywhere, including this conversation with you. Honestly, you're, you're deep listening, the rich questions, the open-ended questions, but you've asked them in a way that has allowed me to access you know, uh, threads of, of the story that could be meaningful to another person. Cause I, I'm, I'm not just writing in a journal, you know? Um, so yeah, inspiration is, is everywhere. And when we discover our deepest values and, and, and live our lives from those deepest commitments, whether it's to thrive 
or to contribute or to be of service to other human beings or to nature, the natural world. Maybe you want to be a naturalist and, you know, get out there and, you know, photograph great blue herons, right, for, for the rest of, of your days and learn everything you possibly can about the great blue heron and what it, you know, what metaphors are there for how to be human, even though it's a bird, right? Yeah. Um, how we can, you know, so whatever it is, but to, but to look through the lens. And I, and I think that's what self-discovery can be. It can be painful on the one hand, because it's like, you got to look at the whole of yourself <laughs> and those parts that you might be hiding. It's kind of like your question about, well, yeah, you were probably blaming yourself. Well, yeah, I kind of was <laughs> right. And it's kind of like looking at being able to look honestly at those ugly behaviors that I've done in the past and own them and and, and say, well, I can change those behaviors, you know, and those behaviors aren't who I am. I'm love. I'm of God. I'm of the universe. I'm, I'm compassion. I'm courage. I'm, I'm a lot of things. I'm passionate joy. And then if I'm behaving out of the, that deep commitment, then, then life becomes just kind of magical in, in a way, because then you're responding from love, with love, because of love. And I often ask myself the question, what would love do now? So if I am love and I'm committed to being loving and compassionate, how will I respond to whatever comes into my life? You know, the death of a friend, right? I have a friend right now, today, struggling in the hospital for her life. Well, what does love do now? And and I, 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 I'm not in the same community, right? And I and I know it's a situation where I, I I wouldn't be able to see her bedside at the hospital. I mean, I imagine myself there holding her hand and letting her know I love her and that that her life is is worth it, you know? And yet I, I have to turn it over. But what what would love do? Well, love is sending her text messages and letting her know I love her. I care and I'm not, and I'm doing it every single day, Richard. So that's, that's, that's me choosing that for me, right? Out of love for love because of love, because of that relationship to this, my best uh, friend in college mm -hmm. who I reconnected with. And we've had phone conversations and texting. I hadn't seen her. I haven't seen her in person all these years since we graduated from college. Well, we saw each other at each other's weddings, right? <laughs> and even my second wedding, she was there. That was probably the last time we saw each other in 3D, right? But what 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 does love do? So to be able to to access and 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 um, have that awareness from a deeper level of all the parts of ourselves and all these different expressions, right? But that deeper, deeper, deeper soulful commitment. And sometimes you have to get quiet. <laughs> which I know it doesn't seem like a practice that I would do because I've been so talkative with you, but, but know that silence is a great, is a great practice to become, uh, to begin to become aware of all the different, you know, whether it's imposter syndrome you've got going on or maybe a way that you've mistreated another human being and that you can make amends and just behave very differently because the, because the best apology, Richard, is change behavior. It's not sorry, 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 and then whack, 
or <laughs> you know, doing the behavior again. That's not learning. Mm-hmm. Learning looks like, wow, I get to respond in a very different way. And maybe it looks like keeping my mouth shut when my son tells me he's vaping. Mm-hmm. And then thanking him, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, as an example of change behavior. Because I didn't always do that with my son. I didn't. I had I had opinions about tats. I had opinion. I had judgments about all kinds of things. <laughs> Going to school, getting straight A's. You know, I was very attached to you know his proving his smartness. He didn't have attachment to that. He didn't need to demonstrate to the world that I'm smart. I had that. I wanted him to be Phi Beta Kappa. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and then, right. And then like oh. Oh, well, I already got that. So maybe my son doesn't need to prove to the world that he's intelligent. Yeah. And I know that there's a struggle there, too, to to try to determine what in the world is. How do you measure intelligence, especially in your children? I mean, I have two older sisters, two younger sisters and a younger brother. And uh, the the, the girls all went to university. I think all of them went to Arizona State University, okay, uh, back in the 80s, uh, 70s and 80s. My brother went to DeVry and then went on to work for Disney. He is, I can't believe this, he's younger than I am and he's already retired, but so, but so be it. I have no intention. Of, the only retiring I plan to do, Laura, is putting new tires on my truck, okay? That's it. Uh, I love doing this so much. Uh, I went to a six-month vocational school. Now, I did take three semesters at junior college and, and so forth and learned a lot there and, and so forth. But, but I, um, what I have found is that there's a part of me that feels as though I, I deserve a Ph.D. for eclectic studies over the last 40-plus years, not just right. in the interviews that I've conducted, but the guests who have been brought into the programs that I've produced over those years, I mean, thousands and thousands of programs over the last 40 years, aside from the interviews that I've done, of guests who have come in with the most incredible information and ideas and concepts. Matter of fact, from the, from the place of this interview that you and I are conducting now, I am going to be visiting a friend of mine who I have known for now for, now, for eight years who was a guest on a program when he came in to talk about mythology and Arthur and the round table and specifically the Holy Grail. And then he and I got to talking and one thing led to another and we produced a series of programs. Well, intelligence, education, if you will. Uh, I know that there's an IQ test that one can take. Um, but it also depends upon which one you take and, and so forth. Uh, do I belong in Mensa? I don't know. Do I care? Not really. Uh, you know, not unless there's money involved. I'll, then I'll do it. No, I'm kidding. But it's, it's, uh, see, to me, your son has a level of intelligence at this time in his life as he has been growing up to this point that he has been exercising, and using. And yeah. those people who uh, scream and yell, don't tell me what to do, I start to question their intelligence. I'm not saying that you have to give in. No, I'm not saying that that you have uh, that you don't have a legitimate grievance over people telling you what to do. No, 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 no. 
I'm just saying, do you think maybe you might want to take a different perspective here? Okay? Uh, you had to take a different perspective, especially in the context of tough love. And, and, and let's talk about that as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, and I'm here with Laura Staley. CherishYourWorld.com is her website, and I hope that you'll go there. We will be linked to it as well. This is Tell Me Your Story, and we're talking about um, Live Inspired, but we're also talking about CherishYourWorld.com, Laura Staley's uh, 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 website. She's also in the book Mayhem to Miracles, published by Sacred Stories Publishing. So let's, let's get into that area that I just brought up. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. About tough love. Tough love, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's tender, nurturing love. Um, and then there's what you know you're actually committed to. So in the place of knowing what you're really committed to, you have to be willing to take a courageous stand. So for instance, my commitment to a bigger, bigger picture, if you will, for my son, for his health and his well-being, and knowing that there are consequences of his choices, I was willing to call the police. Uh, and and deal with those consequences as his parent, right? Uh, and, and with myself, uh, tough love has looked like walking away and breaking trauma bonds with people who were very abusive towards me and weren't ever gonna change their behavior. And, and that willingness and it takes a bunch of courage to walk away from someone who's mistreating you. And it also takes courage to stop mistreating yourself. It takes a lot of courage to stop abusing yourself with your mean thoughts, with maybe behaviors that you're doing that aren't good for you and you really do know it, <laughs> like, like you know that, I don't know, that fifth drink of alcohol and getting in a car is really not a good choice for you or your life or other people's lives, just as an example. And to look at whatever it is that you're choosing and look at it from the angle of not only how, how is this blowing back on me, but how is it actually impacting another human being? And so kind of like tough, tender love for ourselves can look like courageously setting those boundaries with other people, even when, you know, society and culture says, don't you dare walk away from your family mm -hmm. of origin. They gave you life. You should be grateful for the life that your parents gave you. You should honor your mother and father by taking care of them and you know, being kind to them. Well, yes, if they're not abusing you. If they're abusing you, then 
it can be a valid choice to walk away. If anybody is mistreating you and harming your body or your soul or your emotional realities, you know, if you're being gaslighted, right? You know, wow, it's time to walk away. And that takes immense courage because, because, right, Richard, we, it's like we want to belong, but there's fitting in, right? Trying to, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> turn yourself into something that you're not to, to, you know, like fit in, be that, you know, <laughs> what round, round peg in a square hole, mm-hmm. right? And then there's belonging, which is like deep acceptance of yourself. Yeah. So learning to belong to yourself can involve tough love because it might mean like Brene Brown would call it braving the wilderness. You may have to be alone. You may have to be in solitude and break ties with unhealthy people who are doing unhealthy behaviors. Yeah. I was asked this. And that takes tough love. Yeah. I was asked this question uh, not long ago uh, in reference to relationship. And uh, the question was not asking for a response right then, but it said, ponder in yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if I'm remembering the question, having to do with unity, Mm -hmm. what does unity look like? Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is a very, very profound question to ask oneself whether it be mother-son relationship, husband-wife, partners, whatever, even in, in the context of business, what does that look like for you? And if it looks like you're sacrificing a part of yourself, that's not unity. Not unity, not in the least. And then you have to make the tough decisions. Uh, you might have to make the move. Whatever the move is. Laura Staley is my guest here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And we are here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. And we're streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We are podcasting on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations across the Internet. So we hope that you will subscribe. We're also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. You can even see the beautiful, serene uh, uh, trees in the background with Laura here on the program. We certainly hope that you will uh, do just that and spend some time also... Uh, in contemplation, in meditation, going within, uh, listening to that still small voice during this decade of perfect vision, the 2020s. And we hope that you will take that time. We also hope that if these programs resonate with you, if um, you've heard something that has been meaningful, that has inspired you, that has prompted you to make some I don't know, maybe make some changes, Uh, choose, make some new choices. We're talking about choices and knowledge of those choices all the time. 
then uh, do what you can to support us financially. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, we have a PayPal account. It's for your security as well as ours. And when you go to send, it's going to ask for an email address to send it to. Well, Richard at RichardDugan.com is that email address. Richard at RichardDugan.com. And I thank those who have helped and those who will help. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this world we hope it is and we believe it is a world-changing program we call this tell me your story new paradigms for a new world laura staley's my guest she has a website it is entitled cherish your world and i would ask you to do just that um you know don't throw that candy wrapper on the ground don't spill over that giant 55 gallon drum of oil on the ground don't dump your uh, uh oil change on the ground come on now uh, there are better ways, there are better places to to dispose of those kinds of things be i tell you what uh laura one of the i think the best things to do in terms of cleaning up our world is be kind to one another. And some people would say, well, yeah, but what Laura just talked about earlier about tough love, that doesn't sound like being kind. And yet it is, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. I mean, because love and compassion, if a child is running to, into a street, you don't go, oh, sweetie, I love you. You go, stop. Yeah. <laughs> right? You don't, you don't want them to get hit by a car. That love looks like sometimes saying stop to a tiny child before they run into the, into the street. And then, and then, you know, once they stop their body, scooping them up and explaining that there's cars and traffic and you don't want their, their little tiny body to get run over by, by a car. Right. Right. Uh, so it, 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 and then, you know, the kindness and the tenderness in the teaching. Right. But there is that moment where you have to scream stop <laughs> or uh, some other word or their or their name to get their attention. So, you know, they they, you know, run this way, <laughs> run back towards the garage, <laughs> uh, tell the child what they can do. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, tough love can be a deep and rich and meaningful kindness. It's not comfortable. <laughs> right no it's not it's not comfortable but it's incredibly kind and compassionate well i have to say that what we have been talking about here on this program has been uh quite profound if you will uh quite informative and inspiring and of course live inspired is the title of your book available at cherishyourworld.com and uh, we are greatly appreciative of the fact that you have been here on tell me your story i do have three final questions that i like to ask all of my guests here on the program and before i do that as i like to do at the end of all of my programs i want to let you the listener and viewer know how much I appreciate the fact that you are listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. Oh, don't forget about the 9 a.m. Wednesday special edition. Okay, don't forget about that. But we're also on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations, too numerous to mention. We hope that you will uh, subscribe to them as well as go to YouTube. That's right. We're on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. We will also be 
be linked to our guest website. In this case, it's cherishyourworld.com so that you can uh, find out more about Laura as well as her story and uh, maybe pick up a copy of Live Inspired as well as a copy of Mayhem to Miracles. And it is published by sacredstoriespublishing.com. Sacred Stories Publishing is the uh, uh, company, if you will. Uh, we've been involved with them for a number of years, especially with their first uh, of this series of books called Chaos to Clarity. With Those interviews are up on our website as well. And they're also on the podcast. So please um, avail yourselves of those and these programs uh, from Mayhem to Miracles. We also ask if you can to support us financially. PayPal accounts there for your security as well as ours. Just put in my email address when you go to send, richard at richarddugan.com, and we would be greatly appreciative of that. And participate in the decade of 2020, uh, the 2020s, the decade of perfect vision, going within, listening to that still small voice. And uh, there's an area that we didn't dive into much, although I'm pretty certain, Laura, that you had a lot of internal guidance as you moved through your your times, your challenges, both with your son as well as with your uh, former husband. But uh, we'll save that for another broadcast. And we will ask you the three final questions we ask all of our guests. You may have addressed them uh, to a great degree during the program, but I like to ask them directly. And by the way, you are only, I think, the second or third person uh, who has um, <clears throat> shed a tear on this program. I'm one of them. Uh, the first was uh, Noah Ben Shia, uh, and so, and I have to be honest with you, I'm actually honored by that fact that uh, that you you uh, are touched and uh, moved to to that degree. First question: Who is Laura Staley? Oh, wow! I am a being of love inspiration, generosity, a being of service, contribution. Um, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that for now. Right. I'm whole and um, a humble servant. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? Oh, that um, many people would come alive to what it is that they're here for in their, in their relationship to their physical spaces and their hearts and in their shedding those, those limiting beliefs. So they come alive in love and joy. And, uh, and I guess that I... <laughs> that every breath that I get to take, inhale and exhale, is uh, with that mindfulness of the precious gift of love and life and what it actually means to be alive <laughs> and to have fallen in love with the joy of living life, even when it's kicking your butt. <laughs> even then, because <laughs> it's done that a lot, a lot, a lot with me. <laughs> I <hear> <laughs> But that, but that you can come through, right? Yeah. That you can, you can use it to, to you know, it's like the pressure on the, the you know, that creates the diamond or the grit inside the oyster mm -hmm. that makes the pearl um, mm -hmm. become a pearl. You use the grit and the grist of life to become, um, to become a beautiful being. That's my wish for other people. And finally, what is your 
life's purpose? Ah, oh. wow. To bring, uh, oh, wow. I think it's to be a divine conduit for the transformation of the quality of people's lives through, through <laughs> my vulnerable and brave sharing of my own stories and being an example of somebody who's come through and, and keeps coming through in love and service. Uh, yeah, it's about being of love and service to humanity and to the natural world. Yeah. Well, Laura Staley, thank you again. And I thank your son for his contribution to yeah. your story, to your life, and uh, to our program here on Tell Me Your Story. And I really do appreciate the fact that you are uh, willing, open and willing to share that story with us here on the program. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I thank him too. I love you, son. And I thank you for listening and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next Broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to love.